0: food for thought on news talk seven sixty wjr is presented by farm bureau insurance of michigan and by the food bank council of michigan creating
1: a food secure state here's your host doctor phil Knight. thanks for listening everyone to food for thought the show that's changing the conversation about food insecurity across our state and not just changing the conversation but changing the conversation that leads to solutions. George Bernard Shaw said, progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds can't change anything. We're gonna talk with Todd Gustafson, the CEO at Connexus, who's taking a brand new, fresh look at some of the most difficult problems that we're facing in society, both in community development, workforce development, and how those problems are affecting lives and families within Southwest Michigan. Come back and be with Jerry and me as we welcome Todd Gustafson onto our show.
0: Welcome back to Food for Thought, sponsored by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan.
1: And now another Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan moment. Kathy Seiler is with us. Kathy, tell us about um, the, the, the job of promoting agriculture in, uh, in and around your home. And it sounds like, from everyone we're hearing from at Farm Bureau, that you're doing an incredible job.
0: Oh, well, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and let me first express thanks from all the proud farmers here in Washtenaw County for everything you and the Food Net Council of Michigan are doing to eliminate hunger in Michigan.
1: Well, um, we thank it, you for that. Thanks very much. And we couldn't do it without folks like you who are concerned about their neighbors and, uh, and also concerned about uh, promoting agriculture in and around Washtenaw County.
0: Well, thanks so much. Um, we understand here that as you do, that food security begins in the field. Um, And so here in Washtenaw County, there are over 1,200 farms. 150 of those are centennial farms, which means that they've been farmed by the same family for over 100 years or more.
1: Wow. So
0: I know it's pretty amazing. So my role, which I've had for about 14 years now, um, is as communication chair here in Washtenaw County Farm Bureau, uh, and also our newsletter, editor. Um, But my main role is to share about our events and activities, but also to connect the public with the great farmers who work hard here every day to grow and produce the safe nutritional food. Um, And we try to do that by celebrating their personal stories. So. One of the ways we've been able to do that so well, I think, is by developing a cordial and very supportive relationships with not only the local press, but partnering with our local libraries, grocery stores, and even our restaurants. And we've also had great success getting the word out on social media, and that's very different from the way things were when I first took this role 14 years ago. We didn't have Facebook or Twitter or Instagram to get the word out as instantly as we can today.
1: Well, we want to encourage you to keep telling the great story about how agriculture not only contributes to people's lives and certainly to food security, but also to the economy, and uh, we enjoy your stories on Facebook, and we want to encourage you to keep doing it.
0: Well, we're going to keep doing that for sure, Um, and if people want to connect with us, all they have to do is look for Washtenaw County Farm Bureau. Um, The other thing they can do if they want news from our other counties is to go on the Michigan Farm Bureau website, which is michfb.com, and all they need to do there is click on the county link and they can get uh, information and news from any of our counties.
1: She's Kathy Seiler and she is the communications chair for the Washtenow Farm Bureau. And Kathy, we want to thank you for standing in the gap and being with us here on the Farm Bureau Moment.
0: Thanks so much.
1: I'm Dr. Phil Knight. Jerry Brisson is in the studio with me. Jerry and I will be right back in just a moment for more on Food for Thought. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight here with Jerry Brasson here in the WJR headquarters. And we have with us on the phone our guest today, Chief Executive Officer for Connexus, Todd Gustafson. Todd, thank you so much for being on the show today.
2: Yeah, Phil. Thank you. It's a uh, it's a it's a pleasure. I'm I'm anxious to get into it.
1: So um, I'm looking at the webpage page uh, for uh, Conexus Conexus dot org, and uh, under your chief executive officer uh, photo, and and uh, just to the right of that, it it says Change Agent Four. And I got to tell you, man, I absolutely love that handle that title. And just the conversations we've had in the past, I know that that change agent is absolutely appropriate for you to wear.
2: Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, we, we really pride ourselves on being change agents. We, we don't accept status quo. We know that the issues we're facing are really complex, as you do, Phil. Right. And so it takes uh, energy and creative energy to really make change.
1: It does. It does. And there are a lot of different systems. So let's start the show by you introducing Conexus to our listeners and and how, and then a little bit about yourself and how you became the CEO.
2: Okay, great. So Conexus is um, a nonprofit that's centered down in southwest Michigan. Uh, our three focus areas are economic, workforce, and community development. And so, over the years, uh, we, we've grown and we provide a number of services. So we enter the workforce space. We also have the Michigan Works moniker. We're one of the 16 uh, workforce boards across the state of Michigan. We also have a bridge academy for kids who get kicked out and dropped out of school. Um, and then also, and, and you're familiar with this because I believe you interviewed Kristen, who is the executive director of our uh, Jobs for Michigan Graduates programming right. across the state. And we're in 38 different cities. We're working with 54 different programs serving over 2,200 kids that are in high school that are at the risk of dropping wow. out of school. Wow, Dropout prevention so and then the third piece uh, is community development, right We're in, in advocating for better transportation and other issues that are barriers for people to work and we also do a vendor success and then also housing the rehab, deconstruct, we actually are a landlord, we own some housing so. We really view all of those three as a holistic way of a getting that, helping people um get jobs and meet the needs of employers. So wow. that connects us.
1: Man, that's that's awesome. Um I I love the mission. I love I love what you what you're saying and, and how you're integrating these systems together to create this. Something that's different, unique, uh, and and better, <laughs> and 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 I have to I have to say that um, I I got to bring my my co-host in Jerry uh, Brisson, because I think you two uh, have some connection here from a geographical standpoint. I'll let you guys discuss yeah, that. Yeah, just we're a couple of youpers.
3: That's uh, you know we found out uh, you know getting ready for this, and uh, it's always good to meet a fellow youper, You know.
2: Well, Jerry, you know there's only five of us, and we're all outside of the UP. So.
3: <laughs> That's why it's so pristine up there still, right?
2: <laughs> exactly. Uh... It's a family that lives up there, and I love going back to the UP. a great place, as you know, right, to
3: grow up. We, we, my family vacations up by Curtis every summer. We, we All love right. Big Manistique Lake and there's great places up there and, and the Sene Wildlife Refuge and Pictured Rocks and, you know, and going over to the locks in the Sioux. I mean, we could do a pure Michigan commercial Okay. Yeah. Right I was going to say, you guys hey, are going to have. That.
1: That's great. That's fantastic. We, we, uh, we, we partner with those guys too. So we're we going to have to have a whole pure <laughs> Michigan show here. But you did attend university, uh, uh, up in in the up yeah.
2: so i have two degrees from uh the harvard of the north right so <laughs> <Michigan University. laughs> So yeah love love to up so jerry's good to talk to you i always always happy to run into other upers and we're kind of like a you know very small group as we know so and we're all over and yeah? a lot of successful people so i'm excited to talk to you guys
3: so i i i the concept of change agent goes so well with the purpose of our program here, which is to talk about food insecurity and change the conversation about it. Uh-huh. Um, and and one of the things I really like about your approach is that we know these are complex problems, and if 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 you've heard the saying, if the only tool in your tool bag is a hammer, then every problem is a nail, right? Uh-huh. And so so the idea. To solve these problems, you have to change the tools in your tool bag. The problem itself isn't going to change, but the way you solve the problem needs to change, and the way to do that is to broaden and maybe even scale the tools in your tool bag. And so one of the things that you're working on is this employee resource network. That is a whole new tool for us to have in our tool bag for solving these complex problems that people have, including food insecurity, we believe. And I'm hoping you can give us a minute on what is that tool and how do you drive its success?
2: Wow. (laughs) That's a lot, right, Jerry? So, um... The issue we are facing in food insecurity is part of a larger complex ecosystem of issues that are related to people, right? So 62% of all the jobs in the state of Michigan pay less than 20 bucks an hour. That's like $41,600 for a family to live on. And they're forced to make some very tough choices with, with those limited resources. And so often what we're finding and seeing are, are, are people making the choices not to do daycare or preventive health care. And so when the crisis comes up, right, they aren't equipped to deal with it. Uh, or food, right, we talk about food. And so one, one way we're trying to address this in a holistic way is what are called employer resource networks, right? These are a tool to help employers with retention. But the ancillary and maybe perhaps the more important effect is that they help people keep their jobs uh, and address the number of challenges that they have. So this is where the companies, we work with the companies and we're providing them solutions uh, to a lot of the their workers have, right, so they can just keep working, so they can get to work on time, um, so they can be productive when they're there. And one of the issues we're seeing, um, we track all the issues that they have, right, so... um, it's anything from transportation, family relationships, child care, medical, dental, housing, utility delinquency. One of the biggest surprises we found, and maybe you guys aren't surprised because you've been working on this issue for a while, is food, the lack of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're doing is um, we're helping them get some food in a number of ways.
1: That's, uh, that is that is. Right in our alley, and I remember having a conversation with uh Dwayne Berger, uh, yeah. some some time ago. And I know Dwayne's working with you guys as well, yep. uh, you know, and we talked, by the way, he's here today. As we said it's so hot. It's oh, hot. great, great, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, you know, we had this conversation about some of the things that the employee resource network was creating that you guys were doing at Connexus, and uh, and I said to Dwayne, well, what about food? And he was like, Jeez, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've thought about food. Yeah, I said, well, you know what? I bet that they're thinking about it <laughs> about three times a day. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 And a midnight snack. I mean, you know. Right. So, I mean, so yeah. So, look, we got to take a quick break here, but we want to come back, hold you over for the next segment. Let's continue this conversation. Todd Gustafson, with, is with us, the CEO for Conexus. Jerry Brisson from Gleaners. And me, Dr. Phil Knight, we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan
1: and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Dr. Phil Knight here. Jerry Brussant in the studio and on the phone with us. Todd Gustafson, who is the CEO for Conexus, uh, located in Southwest Michigan. And uh, if you, it, the previous segment, we just talked a little bit about uh, Todd's background, and uh, we talked a little bit about Conexus and what you're doing. And uh, Todd, I just got to say, you know, this is a this is a very unique approach that you guys have created, and I just have to applaud the visionary leadership.
2: Well, thank you. We have a great team here. A lot of innovative folks that want to make a difference and make a sustainable and systemic impact. Those are key words for us, by the way, sustainable and systemic impact.
3: I, like. I think we're in that space, right? You're not going to solve a problem like hunger without those two things. And the reason is because it's going to be with us for a lot of different reasons. Some of it's because people run into a crisis in their life and they need temporary help. Some of it is because of the cumulative effect of a lot of choices that has led people to a place and to turn that in a different direction and lead to a different place takes time. Part of it's related to health issues that people have. And, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow exactly. So there's so many reasons that we need a systemic approach and one that's sustainably solved. You, it's got to be both things.
2: Yeah, so it, we were talking about the tool of the ERN's Employer Resource Networks, and how that can make a difference, right, for employers to find and keep the right people. And those people, when they get there, that they keep those jobs and they can overcome some of the barriers we were talking about. I think earlier we were mentioning the top issues that we're facing. So we, take, we track all this data. And as an example, and this is to my surprise at having been doing this for a long time, is food, housing, transportation, financial, medical, and utilities. Those are the top five. And the number one of the top five is food. 22% of the people that we've been working with in these ERNs have some type of food-related issues. And so people might say, well, you know, th- those are choices that they, they can make or not. And, and to some degree that's true, but it's not as simplistic as saying, okay, uh, I mean, what if any of us were faced with a choice about having to, you know, get to work or feed my family? Mm-hmm. I mean, because I can't afford to put gas in the car because i got to feed my family. I mean, those are tough choices people have to make.
1: And they're they're making a, that fits right in with our data as well and it, it it even fits very well into our our one of our principles, one of our values, one of our core philosophical beliefs and that simply is that if a person's hungry, they only have one problem. Yeah. They're not really worried about all those other four things that you just listed because their mind is held captive by that toxic stress that hunger brings with it, not just from the belly, but all the way into the mind.
2: Right. And think about the additional stress. So if, they're having, if we're having to make choices about whether we feed our kids or get to work, you know, there's a whole host of issues we're worried about, financially related and
3: otherwise.
1: Exactly. That's, that's a lot of stress. It's, it's yeah. a lot of stress. And so I think that goes, Jerry, into your health problems. Right.
3: Uh, no question. And the link between that stress and those choices are more clearly identified and research supported every year. Um, yep. so, so I, I want to know about the success Uh, particularly as you look at retention. You know, a lot of times people approach this from the perspective of the charitable side and say, well, Mm -hmm. we want to help people who are struggling and that's a very charitable thing to do. But our point of view is that It also makes economic sense in so many ways to solve this problem. It's not just about charity. It's also about what drives success for our community overall. And because you're tracking all this data, I'm interested in your point of view on have you gotten the retention you've hoped? And and what other successes have you been able to achieve as a result of this network of services that you're providing these employers and their employees?
2: Yeah, Jerry, so that's, a, that's a great question. So the Employer Resource Network, or the ERNs we've been talking about, we are seeing 88% retention rate with mm-hmm. the people that we're working with, and we're addressing the issues we've just been talking about. And so that's pretty pretty successful, and I, I know that the employers uh, find value in this when they get to keep their, their employees, right, because there's a cost for the turnover.
1: Right. Um, Todd, and, Todd, you know, Todd, let me cut you – I'm sorry, I'm going to jump right in here because uh, – I, I'm I'm a little slow and and did you just say eighty eight percent?
2: Yeah, eighty eight percent retention rate.
1: It's phenomenal. I, wow. I mean, I just I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just like we I can't breathe past that. You know, I, I I want our listeners to hear what you just said that this work this this innovative approach is. <laughs> reaping we're, we're, these I, kind I of we're benefits midwest
2: humble here we're just midwest humble I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah i'm they're, saying they're i'm saying 100 yeah on. let's, 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 let's get 100 percent. Just
1: suck it up huh oh no wow 88 percent, jerry Can, yeah. yeah
2: yeah we both it's just looked at each other like previous month so we're we're, tra- we're tracking in the right direction but again I, that's 12 is unacceptable i mean we, we've got to keep pushing this forward uh, and because these are people. These aren't just the statistics we're talking about. These are people, and it's in our community. So you guys hit on another point I want to address, right, which is charity is important. People should still be involved in charity related to this. However, for those organizations like Connectus or the Workforce Boards or the United Ways or the other nonprofits that are operating in this space, right, What what we are advancing is a different model, right? It's like... You know we all know the Reagan quote who uh, you know the best social program is a job um, and I do believe in that however we know it's complex issues we're all facing these these days it's more than just a job it's all these other issues with the working poor and the folks we're talking about and that's why Conexus is so integrated into helping create the jobs through economic development that's why we're helping people get trained and placed at these jobs giving them an education Oh, and by the way, we are recognizing all the barriers they're facing, too, in and there's not an efficient public transportation system, which Michigan, frankly, is terrible in, in a number of areas. And Southwest Michigan is trying to address this issue as well. Housing has become a growing issue, uh, and affordable housing. And so that's where we feel like it's more of an, it's our responsibility if we're going to be successful Then, then more than just getting someone a job or a good career. Although that's our primary responsibility, we feel that there are ancillary issues that we can and should be addressing.
3: Yeah, two two points to make. Uh, One is um, totally in agreement that the link between, at least in our space, work. And food security is no longer definite. It used to be. I've been at this for over 30 years. And when I got into this work, there was an absolute relationship between employment and food security. If you were employed, you were food secure. That relationship has deteriorated to the point now where 46% of the people that we serve are employed yeah that that link just isn't there anymore. So nope. we have to have creative solutions to that when when our environment changes around us, we have to understand those changes and apply different solutions. and that's part of the reason why this innovation that you're talking about is so important to us as we look at systemically what has to be done um, to you know to, to to well change the solution with the environment. Right. Right. That's really, really critically important. Now, I forgot my second point. I'll remember it coming up. But Phil's <laughs> looking at me and I'm like, I know he's got a point to make. No, Jerry,
2: Jerry but Jerry, I think to, to uh, expand on where you were going with this, tonight. you know, 62 percent, right, 62 percent of the uh, the paying jobs in Michigan are less than 20 bucks an hour. That's, you know, and more than two thirds of these jobs pay less than 15 bucks an hour. So that gets at the point what you're trying to make is it's not just a job. Um, it's, how, it's how do we, in a comprehensive way, help them address all their challenges? And, and frankly, I, we approach it from the from the business perspective, which is, in order for Michigan to be economically vibrant, even in Southwest, Southwest Michigan, right, it, the businesses have to be able to find the talent that they need, attract them, and retain them. And so, again. If we don't get people jobs, then there's no economic vibrancy around around the region. So, anyway, sixty percent of jobs—that's a lot.
1: Well, we got to continue the conversation into the one more segment. And so, what I'd like to do is uh, just think back for just a little bit about this this conversation about how are we approaching this big, social, multi-layered, complex problems from a business and an economic standpoint. And let's continue this part of the conversation into the next into the next segment. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here on WJR and Food for Thought with Todd Gustafson, the CEO at Conexus. We're gonna be right back in just a moment. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. We're back here on Food for Thought. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here, Todd Gustafson, the CEO at Connexus. We're continuing the conversation about how we're changing the conversation about many things today, uh, not just food insecurity, but also community and workforce development and approaching this from an economic standpoint. Uh, Jerry, one of the things that you say quite often is uh, – In the context of food security is that it's an inexpensive problem to solve, especially when you compare it to the results.
3: And an expensive problem not to solve,
1: right? I mean, here we
3: go. If I have to buy food just in in my food bank with the resources and connections that we have, it's $0.55 a meal. That's fully purchased. That's not leveraging any donations, well, the average person out in the world is paying two dollars and thirty cents a meal if they're low income. So, so you know, we know we have a lot to lever in terms of what we can do just in the food space to look at efficiencies and ways to reach people, and uh, and so that's just that's just one example. Um, and I think fundamentally, we're going to get to solutions when we answer the question: Who wins when we win? So, so. When I say it's an expensive problem not to solve, and Todd, this goes back to to your point, 88% retention is what you're realizing, knowing there's still a 12% gap, but knowing that solving these problems is getting you that retention, and not solving them is what keeps retention down where? At 20% or 15%? You know, people are losing these employees. That's a hugely expensive thing not to solve. Yes, (laughs)
2: Yes, <laughs> it is a very expensive issue not to solve. Um, so, and there's, there's there's so many issues we can talk about related to this piece. The good thing, Jerry, is and Dr. Knight are there are there are organizations across the state of Michigan that are engaged in this work. Right, we've got people. The pioneers of the tool we're talking about, the Employer Resource Network, right, Again, we're seeing about 88%, and I think some of the others have comparable data. In any event, it's as successful. West Michigan has been the pioneer in this Cascade Engineering, Butterball. Um, And in fact, uh, Mr. Peters, um, the head of Butterball, goes around the country talking about ERNs. We've got them in Kalamazoo, we've got them in Detroit and Livingston County. and So they're starting to pick up everywhere. And these are, are one of multiple ways to kind of start addressing the, these issues, right? It's food insecurity, which is at the top of it, the list. But there's the other issues we talked about as well. So the good news is uh, there are organizations out there recognizing that this is an issue. We need to address it and approach it in a different way, right? Maybe ch- like change agents. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they're they going about their work. So um, the, the more of us that get online and doing this work, the better we can share best practices, identify what's working and what's not working. And so I'm optimistic about the future of being able to address this.
3: And when we look at innovation and who should be funding innovation, there's yeah. so many links to this. Now, we, we've made a really strong case for business. But on this show, we've had an awful lot of legislators come and talk about how they're trying to drive change. There's a role for government here. And yeah. how does government spend money? Um, we know there's a wage gap that, that benef- people's household income decreases as their benefits go down, and those benefits go down as their wages go up. And after $11.60 an hour, they actually lose money to stay at work.
2: Yeah, well, not that's not that. smart, right? No. It's, <laughs>
3: so again, you know, when, when you're disincentivizing people to work, you're not driving the solution in the right way. And those are all the, the reasons why I think these resource networks give us opportunities to say, let's invest in this and and yep. get business and government working together to look at how do we keep people employed?
2: So, Jerry, that's a good that's a good point. And, in fact, um, I'll give you a couple examples. So in Wisconsin, right there, a number of organizations in Wisconsin have been advocating for the governor to put money in his budget for uh, the establishment in support of ERN. And I think they're making great progress on that. Michigan as well, like, as I mentioned, a number of areas as an example. The Michigan Works system is now advocating uh, for putting money in for ERNs support. So that conver- the, the conversation now has started to change from, hey, people got a job, that should be enough. What other what other ways could we help them to? Or, okay, how can we help, and what programs should we invest in uh, that uh, exist out there? So I think the dialogue is starting to change, in large part because of the workforce, like you two as well, bringing the issue to the forefront, so decision-makers and stakeholders and elected officials realize, oh, this this is the first I've heard of this. Let me give you one more example on this piece. Recently, I was in Washington, D.C., and we were talking about this national workforce system. So we were working in meeting with a number of key stakeholders, elected officials, and their staff on both sides of the aisle, right? And the ERN is one that got, to my, to my um, surprise, happy surprise, got the most attention on uh, from both sides, saying, "Wow, that seems like a really innovative way that addresses." If you're a, if you're on the left, right, from the supply side, the people. or on the right, the employer, the economic side, both saying, wow, this helps both sides of the equation.
3: How often does that happen? (laughs) Never. (laughs) I mean, it's good news, and it's part of why we believe this is a conversation that can be changed. Um, There's so many ways and tools that we still need to put in our toolkit, and the work you're doing to prove this, you know, and again, proving it to the bottom line, not just... To this, you know, the psychological issues and the other thing we know are toxic in households that are food insecure and struggling with these issues. But really also to the bottom line and saying there is a business case to be made um, and it helps us all to have you doing that work and championing this and showing us the path to success. It's, it's very exciting, and I know it's, it's part of the reason why Phil and I believe this is work that we can,
1: that we can do, and these problems can be solved. Sign me up. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> yeah exactly. So it's, it is about changing the conversation, but it's about changing the conversation so that leads to solutions. And so that people are not having to make those choices. Uh, Again, one of the things that we realize from our data is that a food insecure person misses on average three and a half meals per week. But we also have enough experience, boots on the ground, to understand that that doesn't happen on an average weekly basis. And those three and a half meals that they're missing bunches up at the end of the month. And that's when they're having to make those choices that you've outlined, Todd, that Between, you know, do I put gas in the car or do I buy the medicine or do I pay for the sitter or what do I do? You know, how do I how do I make those choices when the fact of the matter is they just have a lot more month than they do money? And it's not because they're lazy. and It's not because they're not working. It's not because of all these traditional political platitudes and and that are rooted in bad ideology from either party, quite frankly. That yep. that is uh, that has that has paralyzed us. So one of the things I think that comes to responsibility in changing the conversation is you can't defend what doesn't work.
2: But status quo needs to go. Yeah, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. In so many ways, right? And and I think every side agrees with that. I it is I think with what we're talking about today Todd we have a, an issue not just food security but the larger development issue that you guys are working with uh is a, it, it is a it is an issue that unites nobody on either side of the aisle at any place in society wants to see these things continue oh i'm really happy that they're having to make those choices i'm really happy kids and seniors and everybody in between don't have enough food nobody thinks that
2: Right. No. And, and in light of the current state of our public discourse, this is one of those few issues that can unite, which I think is really important. And if we can drive that point home, right, where it's a benefit to both the employer side and the job seeker side, or the job employed, I, I think we can come up with some creative solutions collectively. And again, we, we weren't the first one doing the ERN in the state. We're kind of late to the table, I would say on this, but I think we we're trying to be creative and innovative in how we approach this. And most importantly, right, is we've been humble, but there's so much information and data that we're collecting that it's like, it's like doing your homework and not turning it in. I think <laughs> we can use this homework to provide the people, decision-makers, elected officials to say, wow, I see the data and I see that some things need to be done, and oh, by the way, this is a bipartisan issue.
1: Todd, we couldn't agree with you more. Look, tell us how, tell our listeners how uh, they can find Conexus and find you.
2: So there's a number of ways you can find us. It's uh, Conexus.org. That's our website. In fact, uh, some of you may be able to go on there now. It's uh, or it's also at Conne- on Twitter. We're at Conexus Group, and you can also follow me at Todd for Change. Mm-hmm. We have a little competition going on here right now to see who gets more followers. Right, the I- Connect I just gotcha. followed
1: you. I just followed you.
2: <laughs> Thank you. you I might, owe
1: my pleasure. T- spell connexus for us.
2: So it's K-I-N-E-X-U-S. We're also on Facebook and LinkedIn as well.
1: Awesome, Todd Gustafson, the CEO for Conexus, and uh, located in Southwest Mo- uh, Michigan, and doing some very innovative work. Thanks so much for being on Food for Thought and giving us a lot of food for thought.
2: Thank you for inviting me,
1: Jerry. What did you think about Todd Gustafson and their approach at Connexus? You know what? I
3: love the energy and, and, you know, there's nothing like success to give you a positive attitude. And that's one of the most important things and reasons we're doing this show is so people can get into the spirit of what's happening and really believe mm. and know this is something that can be solved. There are creative, smart dedicated people who are figuring this out and adding tools to our tool bag so that we can solve this problem. And I'm excited about it. I think this is exactly why we're doing this. And I hope that you as listeners, you know, could really, really appreciate the, this is a scalable solution. Somebody wants to pay for it. It's not someone just with their hand out. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, they're a nonprofit, but not in a traditional sense. They're really approaching these multi-layered prog- problems that we face in our communities and our society, in a, with fresh eyes and innovative approaches. I love I love everything that they're doing. Yeah,
3: and people want to work. You know, yeah. we believe in the capacity of the people we're trying to help. And when we invest in that capacity, we see great results over and over again. It was a tremendous show. I learned a lot. And if you're interested in how you can start an employee resource network, go to Conexus. Take a look. They're doing great work over
1: there. Absolutely. We need it across the state. Yep. No question. Well, here's a little food for thought that I picked up from Todd Gustafson, the CEO at Connexus, here on our show today. He really inspired me and and let me explain to you why. I know that visionary people, visionary leaders, face the same problems that everyone else faces. But whether they let those problems and the complexity or the vastness of those problems paralyze them or whether they don't is what separates them from being leaders and leaders who create positive change. Todd Gustafson at Connexus is one of those leaders, a visionary leader who immediately is tackling the problem and committing themselves, himself, and his team to finding a solution. This is Dr. Phil Knight with Jerry Brisson. Thanks for listening to Food for Thought. We'll be back next week.
0: Food for Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.